0: Glory to, God. Glory to God. You guys know how to make a guy feel special. Awesome. I, I, thank you very much. <laughs> well, I got someone really special with me this morning. My wife is here again. Yeah. You know, it, it's amazing. One of the things that is a blessing when you have kids that are at least teenagers, we get to that age where you can leave them for a weekend and just go away. That is a blessing. (laughs) You better call home, though. (laughs) Glory to God. Let's pray this morning. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in this house because we're here. Thank you because you've made us to carry your presence in the earth. That our world will sense you because we carry you with an honor and dignity. We pray for Pastor Joel. Thank you for just using him where he is right now to impact the body of Christ. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that this morning we open up ourselves for your Spirit to walk in us strengthen the revelation of who we are in you and who you are in us that you will fulfill the fullness of your purpose and plan in the earth. Thank you for healings. Thank you for deliverance. Because your spirit is at work right now, we ask all this in Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, if you want to turn with me to, turn or swipe with me, however you get there, <laughs> go to Ephesians and chapter 6. Ephesians and chapter 6. Truly an honor to be here this morning. Ephesians chapter 6. I'll read from verse 10 to verse 13. Then I'll read also in your hearing from 1 John, the 5th chapter, from verse 13 to verse 21. You know, one of the dangers in church is to treat God's word... Like a commentary, and treat the salmon like God's word. The salmon is the commentary, his word is the word. It is potent enough on its own to deliver you. On its own, if he created the heavens and the earth through words, he can change your circumstance through words. If you hold on to it, Ephesians and chapter 6, from verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And stand there for. I'll pause there and read from 1 John the 5th chapter. Some call this Little John because it's 5 chapters and the Gospel of John is 21 chapters but there is nothing little about this book. First John chapter 5 from verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that ye may know You have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we have the petition that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother sin a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that you pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. Verse 18, notice this. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself and the evil one does not touch him. Verse 19, notice this. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Verse 20, and we know that the son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. His son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And the book ends. Little children keep Yourselves from idols. The title for this message, and I run the danger many times of preaching messages without titles, but this I hope has a title at stake Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. I'll do a little different in this service. If you will help me with that definition for this a who a disciple is if you can put that up a disciple a disciple of Christ is one who has put faith in the redemptive love of the father god for salvation daily walks to follow the leadings of the holy spirit to grow in understanding of their identity and authority in Christ to serve the world he died for until the great commission is fulfilled. I'll say that again. A disciple of Christ is one that has put trust in the redemptive love of the Father God for salvation, walking daily to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit, to grow in their understanding of their identity and authority in Christ, to serve the world he died for until the Great Commission is fulfilled. This definition is something God has been working in my heart for about two years. I pastored for 20 years, and in 2015 I stopped pastoring. Currently, lead a an organization that is a missions organization, and a lot of what we do missions-wise is in to reach unreached people groups. Part of, a large part of our focus is in Islamic West Africa. To take the gospel to people who've never heard the gospel. And one of the things that stirs my heart, I know also your pastor because I've been on the field many times with him, is the realization that of the 7.8 million people on earth, more than 40% of the earth have not heard the gospel one time. That's a scary thought. I say it this way to put perspective. That Coca-Cola has done a better church, a better job in 150 years than the church has done in 2,000 years. You go to the most remote villages in the world and find Coca-Cola there. And yet, 40% of the earth has not heard the good news of Jesus Christ. A large part of that owes to how we structure and disciple people. And that's why for 20 years, I worked in church. Since I don't work in church in the four walls of a local church, day in, day out, like I did for 20 years. And the bulk of my time is with people, most of whom will never attend a church like this. Not because they don't want to, but because they live in cultures where there's just no Christian in their vicinity. 1.1 billion Muslims in the world, over 80% of them are not within a one mile radius of a Christian. So, what does that have to do with me? Everything. Because Jesus saved you for them. But this definition, and the scripture, we'll look through some scripture for it, I believe helps us to start to take responsibility for the lost. They're yours. Why? You're his. He died for them so that you may live through him to reach them. For him. That's a whole lot of stuff there. Child, slow down. (laughs) Trust me, I'm trying to slow down. This is what I want to focus on in the next few minutes. Understanding your identity and authority in Christ. Amen. Growing in your understanding of your identity and your authority in Christ. You have to remember, remind me your name, please. Corey? Corey? It's true that you're front wheel, four-cylinder Ford, (laughs) you're stuck in stuff you didn't plan to be stuck in. And it is true that your father came to bail you out with more horsepower. (laughs) But this is the reality. That in Christ, there's more horsepower available for you that the bulk of the things holding you bound which primarily is tied to your identity. It's primarily an identity issue. It was with the first Adam. It was with the last Adam. The primary temptation that evil one brought to him was if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. When you catch yourself trying to prove who you are, you've lost who you are. Oh, there's more truth to that. When you try to prove, you really may not have. That's why when we sing a song like, the enemy can't take what I have. Change who I am, for I belong to you. The way he does that is by you not knowing who you be. Because once you lose a knowledge of who you are, He's got you where you want to be. Remember what he said to Eve? If you eat of this, you will become perfect. The deception, she already was in him. But she did not know. I used an illustration the last time I was here. I want to be quicker with that illustration. Can I have three brothers that are at least six feet tall? confident about it glory to God see the swag (laughs) if you believed in his love like you do you'll have a swag too okay let's let's get in communion here let's let's like that off for the sake of illustration this is the Godhead God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit, Eternal, three distinct beings, three distinct beings, all knowing, all powerful, everywhere present, all good, all knowing. All powerful, everywhere pleasant, all good, all knowing, all powerful, everywhere present, all good, sovereign, yes. eternal. The Godhead. Yes. 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 If any being any other being qualified with those characters, there'll be God, but only three beings. But so united in purpose, in character in their essence they're one the trinity the devil's not sovereign the devil's not all knowing the devil's not everywhere powerful only God is God if you just create a little more space here stay connected brothers the Godhead is always in fellowship It's a community of love. God said, notice, unlike God saying from Genesis 1, from verse 3 to verse 25, when God said to the waters, and God said to the firmament and God said to the land, bring forth, and said to the waters, bring forth fish after your kind. That was God speaking to matter." natural stuff to produce by words yeah. but God said to himself let us make man in our image after our likeness yeah. Yeah. you are eternal in the class of God you will live forever Why? You in, your body was made from dust but the real you is made from God yeah. you existed eternal in him scripture for that 1 Thessalonians 5 23 that my God sanctify you wholly your spirit soul and body you are a spirit being you the spirit being live in a physical body and you have a soul 2 Corinthians 5 it says for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved We have another house in heaven, eternal, made in the heavens. That means your body is not you. Your body is the house in which you live in here. The real you is a spirit being created in the class of God. So who's going to represent man for me here? Okay, this is, can I have someone that is under six feet and is confident that God created him to be loved? come up oh my god I like that with a swag glory to God it doesn't work perfect for my illustration but it works so if you slide into the community of the Godhead God said let us make man in our image after our likeness man was designed by the father God to dwell in the secret place of the most high to abide under the canopy of the almighty the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it and they're safe by design but when men fell we broke fellowship and through disobedience we became disconnected from the godhead on earth separate and broken from god but an eternal God that never gets an idea. Think about that. Nothing occurs to God. He doesn't. Ah, oh, no. Nothing you did last night or last summer. Or like, huh? No. Doesn't get ideas. If he did, he won't be all-knowing. That's why when a God in his word declares to you that I will remember your sins no more, that's not bad memory. That's choice. That's his choice to you. That same all-knowing God that the scripture says from the foundations of the world, he provided himself a lamb that was slain. The Father God sent the word. And this is the strange part. You guys have to still stay in fellowship with him. Because though he came to the earth, he still was in heaven. Yeah. Scripture. Scripture. John chapter 3. Let's look at that real quick. John chapter 3 and verse 13. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus declares, no man has ascended up to heaven, but the son that came down from heaven, notice how he qualifies, even the son of man which is in heaven. So when he came to the earth to die on the cross for all of humanity, in those 33 and a half years where he reflected the Father, he stayed in fellowship with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, though he was on earth. That's scripture. We'll build on that sometime. But on that cross, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That word, to draw, is what, the same word that implies what you do with a straw. That means on that cross, the sinless son of God that maintained fellowship with the Father and the Spirit of the earth he took all of humanity's sin into himself. Thank you, Lord. It's the equivalent of what you think when you think of a wastewater treatment system. You know what that is? Hmm. I drove from Houston yesterday and we passed this patch. Whoa, this place was big. Massive. It looked like a reservoir of like twenty fields. You know what that is. When I talk about this in developing countries, people have soccer ways, individual soccer ways. I say in de- in developed countries is, is the reverse of a water of a water system, where water is piped to your household. A wastewater system is the reverse. All your stuff yeah. is taken. To a central place. On that cross, he became the wastewater treatment system for all humanity's sin. In himself, he sucked all of humanity's shame, all of humanity's guilt, all our filth, all our disease, all our pain, all our our covetousness he sucked it into himself and died as a sinner on that cross Amen. him who knew no sin was made sin he didn't just identify with sin he was made sin and him being making, made sin he went to the hell that you and i and all humanity would have gone to for eternity Paid the price that all of us could never have paid because we were broke spiritually. He was spiritually alive. Through us became broke, then paid the debt he didn't owe as if he owed our debt. Mm -hmm. Woo! Mm -hmm. That's the good news that we need to share with the world. Quickened in hell, rose from the dead, No longer on the cross bro It's throne time And he's now Back seated In the right hand Messed up this illustration but let's assume it Is the place of power Right hand of the father This is the good news That if any man Be in Christ He's a new creation that if you will confess with your heart, confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. So i to Second Corinthians, this is kind of awkward, but hell, hang with me here. That if any man is in, notice this, not just in the dwelling of the secret place, But if any man is in Christ, so you need to embrace your brother here. You see this, you see that identity, thank you very much. That identity is what I believe the spirit of God wants you to see. That you don't just belong to God. You actually are in Christ. You are in him this is the good news you are in him in the heavenly places but if you come with me brother but on earth simultaneously by his spirit thank you lord He's in you. Thank you, Lord. That on earth he's in you by his spirit, and in heaven you are in him in Christ by accepting the love of the Father. Brothers, thank you very much. <clears throat> Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship with the Godhead. Yes, it is you, knowing who you are, in him yeah. such that your relationship with your heavenly father has nothing to do with anything you did in your past yeah. but has everything to do with how the father accepts and loves his son yeah. before the foundations of the world. Yeah. Let's push this a little. So how Work in reality? How does that work? rubber hitting the road? The primary purpose for the child of God is to grow in understanding of who he is. All your life before Christ your identity was wrapped and tied to the way you were raised to the place you live in to the quality of education you have, to the people you know, to the accomplishments financially, all things natural. But for the child of God, you start to grow in your identity Somebody help me. In Christ. How do you do that? More than one hundred and thirty. We call them promises, but they're not promises. Promises talk about something that is coming. This is realities of who you already are, are found in the epistles of the New Testament. Not something that will become true when you become spiritual. Not something that will become true when you get to heaven. And the only reason you're not experiencing it is because you're not persuaded about it and through fellowship with the godhead you don't know what is true about you L- let's go back to that scripture we read first john 5 first john 5 in first john John is the writer of the gospel of John first second and third general epistles and the book of Revelation. In 1 John and the 5th chapter, from verse 13, he states to us the purpose of his letter. These things I have written unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Contrast that with me for a moment with the gospel of John and chapter 20. Verse 30 and 31 tells us the purples he wrote to the gospel of John. Verse 30, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. Verse 31, but these are written, why? That you may believe. That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Notice what he qualifies here. In the gospel, he gives you an account of his life, he didn't tell us about his birth, like the synoptics, his teachings, his ministry, his death, his resurrection. For what purpose, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ? Notice the last phrase. He says, "And that believing ye may have life." I looked at five scriptures in the Gospel of John, and I found in five scriptures, in John chapter two, verse 23, John chapter four, 39 and 41. John chapter 8 and verse 30. All those scriptures says, and they believed in him. And they believed in him. Remember the one of John 4. That's the more common one. The woman at the well. He meets her. He wasn't supposed to be there. Shouldn't have been talking to her. She's a lower class woman. He speaks to her. She receives and believes his words. She runs and tells them, come see a man. You know I know men. But I met a man. He touched me and he didn't use his hands. Come see a real man. He used his words to change my life. The scripture says, And they believed because of her words. Verse 41 it says, And others believed not because of her words, but because of his works. In other words, all those people believed in Jesus. Yeah. Question. Were they born again? No. They couldn't be. Why? Because until John 20 when he breathed on them the holy spirit. Yeah. That's when they came into salvation. Oh, someone says, "Charles, this is you're messing up my theology." I'm not. It's just Bible. You can believe in in him for who he says he is it does not mean you accept who he says he is for your salvation there are many people christians who know the story of salvation who know that he was born of a virgin but they don't have a personal relationship with him Now let's connect those two verses. John 20, verse 31, and John first John 5. Let's connect it here. See what John shows us. Chapter 20, verse 31. He says, "It's not just that you believe in his person, that he said who he is." It's about you and believing that you have life in his name. His name refers to being in union with all three persons that form the Godhead. Charles, what are you talking about? Remember the scripture that says, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Baptizing them Uh into the name of the Father the Son, the Holy Spirit. Christianity is not a religion where you're trying to keep rules. It is being in relationship with the Godhead. It is accepting the unconditional redemptive love of the Father who sent his son to die a death. He had no business dying. Mm -hmm. To pay a price you and I could never pay. That's his redemptive love. It is accepting the love of the Christ who took your place in hell, rose from the dead, having authority over darkness. It is you putting faith in him so that you don't just affirm a knowledge of him, but you live with an understanding of your identity in him then it is believing in the person of the Holy Spirit to indwell you so that you have a personal walk daily with God that's Christianity that's what the Bible teaches and that's why you see very closely tied got four minutes right very closely tied to identity is always authority. Hear me, child of God. The purpose of knowing who you are is not to buy another car. Thank God for new stuff. But the things you really have is not natural stuff. If it won't slide into eternity, it don't count. I will. <laughs> the stuff you really have. And that's why notice First John. When First John says, the reason I'm writing this in for the gospel of John is so that it's to them, so that they believe. First John is to those that have already believed. Why was he writing? So that they may know. And in knowing that their believing will be strengthened. Yeah. This is what you need to know. That you are born of God. Yeah. That because you are born of God. You keep yourself. And the evil one does not touch you. Right. That, that illustration is great. Thank God for a heavenly father. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. But take testament in the new testament you're in christ and though you may look like a two cylinder engine the engine in you is the father's capacity himself so when the scripture says and in the power of his might he's talking about your identity in christ and the authority you exercise over every spiritual authority of darkness. Yeah, yeah. Because in Christ you are authorized. You yeah. yeah, independent because you are rooted in Christ and you are maintaining fellowship with the Spirit. You are allowing Him lead you into truth of who you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus before the foundations of the world accepted in the beloved more than 130 facts in the epistles of who you already are in Christ but you access it through words you break the power of fear through words in that house break the power of fear I know I yield to self-centeredness and selfishness and self-absorbedness when I see life from my perspective and I think of myself dealing with my wife. But in Christ, I realize that God has given me a woman, his daughter, to minister life to by me spending time receiving life from him. Yeah, yeah. That the challenges. is I'm coming closer home now. though I have to stop? That the greater challenges that come with dealing with teenagers that feel like aliens sometimes, <laughs> that if I'll keep my identity in Christ, more importantly, notice 1 John. when After he established what your authority was, notice what he used that authority for. Prayer. Praying for someone who sins a sin not unto death. We're not using our authority in prayer to break the influence that is exerting upon our spouses. We're not using our authority to break the influences that are exerting on our children. But that is changing. God is raising in this church a body of believers yes. who know who they are. Yes. Who are not fighting flesh and blood my wife is not my enemy there's an influence that is trying to destroy this relationship I intend to exercise my authority and love this woman passionately my son is not an enemy it is an influence that is trying to destroy his purpose before his mind matures enough to know that God has got great plans for him I'm going to stand in my authority in Christ and contend for him in prayer there's a church to fight for there's a community to fight for every last one of them out there that don't know jesus he died for that means at your workplace you're praying like pastor joe prays here exercising authority to see church members grow on the workplace you're praying to see people coming to a knowledge of jesus you are trusting God for that colleague at work. You are trusting God for his child. You are praying. You don't have to show them you are praying. You just have to pray. Yeah. 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 Exercise your authority from a clear sense of identity by yielding to the spirit of life in you. Let's bow our heads real quick. Let's give a few people here the privilege of privacy. They need to make a, G- a decision for Jesus. They know him. They've heard about him. But they haven't put trust in him for salvation. You're in this place. You want to say, I need to walk with Jesus. I need a personal relationship. Preacher, when you are speaking, that was me. I need to accept Jesus for the first time. or oh, I've walked with Jesus, but my heart has gone cold. I've allied the world, lied to me and believed lies that the world has said that my experiences of my childhood is who I am I've allowed shame and gift to stray my heart I want to come back if you're here in any of those two counts with every head bowed and every eye closed you want to say yes to the love of Jesus for the first time or you would like to rededicate your life to say yes to the lover of your soul please light up that hand real quick I won't tell you to come out but I'll meet with you immediately after any such person You like to say yes to the love of Jesus. You like to accept the love of the Father. Any such person. Thank you, my brother. Any other person. I'm sweeping from your right to the left. Any other person. Any other person. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Any other person. Any other person. Let's stand to our feet. Please, those two brothers, if you join me at the back, let's sing this song, Affirming the Truths of Who We Are.